Economic News on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. So yesterday, Minister Zwane delivering the keynote address at the opening of the mining in Daba. Um, what were the key messages to the audience that we should take note of? <laughs> like it depends on which side of the of the benches you were sitting when you were listening to his opening remarks. Certainly, he was saying all the right things, making all the right promises, um, uh, talking about the, the finalisation of the long-awaited mining charter, also the regulations around the uh, Mineral Petroleum Resources and Development Act, things that exactly he promised last year as well, you know, that these would be finished by March and June. I guess what he didn't say last year is, is March and June of which year? So this so this year he said it will be March and June of 2017. So there's certainly the cynical view that, you know, he, he, he didn't tell us anything new, he didn't tell us anything we, we hadn't heard before. And I think certainly what, what came out quite strongly is that the relationship between government and, and the big mining companies remain um, very, very strained and cordial. They know that they have to work together. They know that they need one another. But they, they certainly doesn't seem to be the right sort of level of trust that is required in, in this industry. So um, a lot of focus on uh, you know what would be required to actually make this work to ensure in particular that this is something that is beneficial to the, the larger um, population, to, to the larger community around it. And I think some of the of the fears that are that are still evident is that um, although we might now see the mining charter and the petroleum bill being um, uh, finalised in the near future, the extent of the so-called radical economic transformation plan that will be evidenced in this is where some of the concerns lie. For me, one of the interesting um, areas was um, he specifically mention of the fact that growth in the industry, in particular on the employment side of the industry, will come from your small and medium enterprise players. Um, almost showing a shift away from these dominant global mining giants who certainly ruled the roost for, for many decades in South Africa and a desire to actually see more smaller players come, come on stream. The, the big concern around that, of course, is that mining is a capital-intensive um, exercise. It, it comes with very high risks, um, not least of which are the financial risks, and the concern is just that they are trying to encourage smaller players to come into the party without necessarily having the, the right sort of expertise or depth of pockets that will allow them to withstand some of those risks. So we continue to monitor what's happening at the mining in Daba, um, but certainly at this stage, the standoff uh, between the, the ministry um, and, and the corporates continue, and uh, we need to see how that plays out over the next month or so. Now, Narina, just as you were saying, there um, are two sides to how one can report on those proceedings down in Cape Town, uh, but also two different views on Sandral, the National Roads uh, Agency emerged yesterday. Tell us more about that. Yeah, quite interesting. So, you know, um, on the one side, we had Alta yesterday um, making quite a big statement about um, their view that uh, the Sunroll has been significantly overpaying, not just for the for the Gauteng Freeway Improvement Project, where they estimate the, the over um, overpayment to be in the region of 10 billion rand. And just to put that into perspective, that's more than 50% of the total cost of just under 18 billion rand. But that this is something which is consistently been going on that there is just way too high spending associated with construction of freeways around the country and and really a call by ATA on both the transport minister and the public um, enterprises minister to, to launch a commission of inquiry into the excessive costs 
the came into the Gauteng Freeway project. So really sort of focusing on the extent of the expenses that have been incurred um, through, through Sunroll. Juxtaposing to that on the other side um, is, I guess, what, what all of us do when we find that our that our expenses are too high. We look for new ways to get more income, more salaries. So Sunwell um, yesterday on their own came out and, and announced that they are looking at a new funding model for themselves, where the idea that, that um, you know, an individual um, road or a project should pay for itself um, via a combination of government subsidies and then also public participation through things like tolling is not really working for them and they are looking at a third potential source of revenue that says they need to find themselves more resilient and more independent of, of those other two sources of income. So you might, might ask yourself well, where on earth is, is additional revenue going to come from from a um, from a um, infrastructure and a, and a roads project if not from, from tolling. And some of the things that they look at would be things like for example um, uh, using the expertise of their um, of, of people at Sunroll for other projects and almost renting out their expertise in that way, if I can call it that. But even looking a little bit more um, um, you know, innovatively at things like making increased use of advertising space. Certainly we know that big billboards are, um, are very valuable um, uh, advertising space and looking to something like that, but also maybe just um, making better use of, of a fairly significant property portfolio that they have. So interesting to see that uh, we're uh, on the one side, people are looking for Sunroll to, to sort of reduce its expenses and watch its costs. Um, Sunroll on the other side is saying, let's see how and where we can, can bring in more income into the equation. And I guess for you and I, as long as, as, the, as the tolls um, are, are not tolling for that, I think we will be happy either way. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Um, what William Tana here uh, says, uh, Trump uh, scheduled to unleash his budget uh, proposals later, expected to reveal the details our market need to propel Trump trades. Now, speaking of President Donald Trump, now he's signed several executive orders since his inauguration, uh, Narina, and um, one of those relates to relaxing uh, some of the financial regulations that are uh, that were introduced after the global financial crisis in 2008. So what are the possible implications of this? So, you know, financial regulation really covers a very broad spectrum of issues. And um, I don't think any of the, of us have not been affected by, for example, the requirements around FICA um, and, and, you know, being required to actually um, report on um, where money comes from that gets deposited into your account or those sort of things. So a lot of this, of the focus, I think, of the concern comes from the likes of um, Mario Draghi at the, at the ECB who basically says this is the last, the least thing that we can afford right now is to actually relax regulation around things like capital adequacy of the banking system and that sort of thing. So there's no doubt that the increased capital adequacy requirements that came through the various um, stages of the Basel requirements has been very restrictive on the global financial system, um, with, with some people referring to it almost as the cholesterol in the system. But there's a lot of money available, but it's all getting stuck in the arteries of the banking system and not getting through to the people on the ground that actually need the money and need the financing. So as much as this, I think, is an important part of the regulation, I think anything that can be done to alleviate some of that cholesterol in the system will certainly be good 
good for financial markets in general. The other side of it that can be quite concerning is to look at this and say, you know what, that this is going to take us back to the way that business was done in the financial industry prior to the 2008 crisis. And not only that there is the concern that excessive risk will be taken on by some financial institutions without sufficient oversight, but even going down to the level of concerns around what would be required in terms of disclosure by, for example, financial advisors around people on their retirement funds. So it really is not a simple story of saying regulation is either good or bad. And I think, I guess, the detail will, will or the devil will be in the detail. And I, I certainly would be in favour of, of the relaxation of some of the very strict and severe financial regulations. But at the same time, I certainly also don't want us to see going back to, to really an era of, of unethical and inappropriate behaviour in financial markets. And it's going to be challenging, I think, for all to find the right balance between these. Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on.